Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. Can you say amen? Give God a shout of praise. Come on. Excited to be having our fall kickoff and We're going to be doing a sermon series on forward and launching our campaign and just really excited about where we're headed. Can you say amen? Well, I want you to turn if you have uh, your Bibles with you or open up your phones or devices. Isaiah chapter 49, Isaiah chapter 49, we're going to read verse 17. And this may be a text that we will go back to as we continue the series. But today we're going to be talking about moving forward in faith, forward in faith. And that is uh, our, our first message that we're going to have. They're going to put the banner up in a second here so you can see that. Um, and I want to talk about dreaming with God today. How many know that we're created in the image of God to be creative? Amen? amen? amen. Well, there's a few creative people here that are giving me an amen. How many know we're not called to be robots? Amen. But we're called to be innovative and creative made in the image of God. And I want to talk to you about dreaming with God and, um, and what's the, the appropriate way. Because how many know sometimes we dream with God or we dream dreams and then it doesn't work out and our dreams kind of get squashed or shattered. And, uh, and I want to help us and encourage us along the lines of dreaming with God. Thank you, Lord. So let's read Isaiah forty nine seventeen in the New King Jimmy Version. I want to welcome all those that are watching online, and uh, we do have some people that tune in. I think we have about 30 or 40 attendees still uh, combining both services that still watch online from all over. So can we just welcome all the online viewers right now? Welcome. I think we have more the earlier service, but we still have people that watch the second service. So we want you guys to feel like you're here Sorry that we can't hug you, but here's a virtual hug. Come on, somebody. If you're watching online, just put a little hug emoji in there. Come on, somebody. All right. Here's what the word says, Isaiah 49, 17. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way that you should go. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I'm going to read it one more time. So the Lord says to his people, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit and who leads you by the way that you should go. You know, one of the words or the definitions of profit could also mean move up and move forward. Would you say that with me? Say move up and move forward. God is teaching us to move up and to move forward, and he leads us by the way you should go. One of the translations is, uh, he teaches us what's good for us, just like a good parent. Amen? Amen. If you knew what's good for you, son, daughter, pray with me real quick. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for that awesome time of worship. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you that we can meet with you and we experience you tangibly. We encounter. We don't just read about you and get a little wisdom and knowledge. We experience the wisdom and the revelation, the knowledge of Jesus. We get to encounter Jesus. 
And so we're excited for where we're headed as a people. We join our hearts to have hearing ears what you're saying to us as we move up and forward together. How many are with me? Just shout out amen. amen. Hallelujah. You know, uh, as I was preparing for this, I thought about the times in my life where maybe my dad or mom said, if you knew what's good for you, right? How many had parents like that? How many have, those of you that are parents, how many had certain children that had to keep asking why when you told them to do something? Like Socrates, the great philosopher. He always asked why, why, why? I started calling Layla Socrates. I said, Layla, little Socrates girl, stop asking why. Now when she asks something, but why? Because I said so, that's why. That's what you want to tell them, right? Right, honey? And, or, or because mom said so. Sometimes it's because mom told you. Like I'm in the kitchen and I'm observing what's happening. And why, mom? Because mom said so. That's why. But I want to do Harry Potter spells. No, it's witchcraft. <laughs> you cannot watch that movie. We need to get better at that one, right? But uh, speaking of movies, how many remember? Can we just do like 30 seconds of silence for VHSs? VCRs. VCRs. They're dead and gone. Some of you are like, I still got one. <laughs> you know, you can now not just watch a DVD, but you can actually just watch it digitally on Amazon or Apple movie, right? Is it Apple movie? Is that what it's called? Apple, Apple TV? Thank you. Thanks. Sorry. Okay, boomer. Good job. It's funny, though. I remember renting movies and like the whole experience it's totally different now like some of you children you don't even know what I'm about to say so there's something called a VCR and you had to put a big tape in it a VHS tape and put it in and then hit play and if it wasn't rewound you had to rewind it but if you belong to like a good before blockbuster right you know you had to rewind it please be kind rewind and if it wasn't rewound it was a pain but if you brought it in oh who remembers this? Forgetting to take your movie back and then having more late fees than the cost of the movie itself. I could have bought 10 of these movies. That was the worst, man. Redbox. I'm glad Redbox changed their policy, though, to where they only charge you a maximum late fee, even though it was more than the cost of the movie. But it could have been $150, but they cap it at $25. Thank God, right? Lord knows I would have been broke a long time ago. But I was thinking about this in relation to dreams and this scripture. God teaches us what's good for us. He teaches us the way we should go. And I was thinking about the literal, the way a VCR is, like the whole movie. Like we have this whole movie. And it's different now, but back then you had to rewind, pause, play, and it would take some time. How many ever had this happen with the VHS or a tape recorder, a tape cassette, uh, a cassette, not a tape recorder? where it got like tangled up and then you pull it out and then the film is inside and you have to be real careful. I had times where I try to tape it together, it didn't work and it gets all tangled up and then the more you try to fix it and mess with it, the worse it is. And I found the same thing happens with dreams with God. The more we mess with it, the more we get stuck and we can't move forward into tomorrow. He teaches us in the way 
we should go. It's, like, it's almost like it seems impossible to move forward like a tangled up VHS. Number one, I want to talk about dreaming with God. Would you say that with me? Say dreaming with God. It's not the same thing dreaming without God. I mean, we're made to dream and we can do creative things because we're made in the image of God. But how many know we're, we're called to dream with him? Amen. Sanctified dreams, yes. not vain imaginations, not just making stuff up, but where the Lord breathes on our imagination and our creativity and he, we dream with him. Yes. We, the Bible says we're co-workers with Christ. The word co-worker is where we get the word synergy. There is a synergistic dream that happens when we choose to dream with God. There's an energy, a flow, a power from heaven that comes into our thoughts, our imagination. And how many know we're called to dream with God? I think of the story of uh, Abraham in Genesis 15. God has already told him, hey, I'm going to make you a great nation, and, or I'm going to make you your name great. I'm going to bless you, and through you, I'm going to bless the whole world. I mean, that's an incredible call. It says, through your life, you're going to actually bless the entire world. And Abraham finds himself in the tent. The Lord encounters him, and God says, step out of the tent. I want you to get out of the tent, and I want you to look at the stars that's the number of your descendants. And you remember at this point, he didn't have a son. Matter of fact, later on, he's like, I don't have a son. How am I going to bless the whole world? Hey, what am I, a clown God? Come on. Yeah. That's what I imagined Abraham talking to the Lord like Joe Pesci. You know, I don't even have a kid. How am I going to bless the whole world? Come on. I love it. But with more of a Hebrew. Hey, hey, how am I going to bless? Okay, never mind. He says, get out of the tent, though. What's the tent that we're stuck in where we can't take that first step to begin to dream with God, not apart from God? Is it disappointment, discouragement, disillusionment that's keeping us in the tent? Maybe there's even a tension. Sometimes we are out of the tent. Sometimes we're not. We have to be careful not to be influenced by naysayers that keep us in the tent. How many know we need to get around people that have faith in their heart and hope in their heart? Sometimes I found in my life that I begin to, and it's not a matter of like fellowship or connection, but I begin to bond and harmonize with people that have a ne negative outlook on life and they're not dreaming with God. And it influences the way I see things, the way, or the way I, I should see things and I don't, I don't see things. And I found myself sometimes I become my soul, my intellect, my heart, my being becomes connected to the heart of another individual that's negative or doubtful and it affects the way I see. And then I find myself I'm not dreaming with God anymore. And I just want to encourage you, don't allow a naysaying, negative, doubtful spirit to consume your thoughts and your heart, but learn to dream with God where God breathes upon us and He inspires us. The Spirit of God inspires us to think and be creative and innovative and we begin to see differently. I almost feel like sometimes we have this soul, uh, you know, like we have the term soulmate, soulmate. My soulmate. I mean, obviously my wife is my soulmate. Come on, somebody. But how many know sometimes we have soul connections? Not all soul ties are bad, by the way. And there's actually spirit ties too, not just soul ties. We mix all that stuff up, but how many know sometimes we can, we can get 
partnered, our soul, our psyche can partner with disappointment. Our psyche, our mind, will, and emotions, and our thoughts, our heart can partner with disillusionment or even partner with somebody who's been influenced by that, and then it hinders us from getting out of the tent. Do you know that your first and primary soulmate is, is of course, Jesus, but is the Spirit of the living God? He's the Kletos, the one who stands alongside, the one who's our helper, bound to us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And even the scripture says, what does it say in Corinthians? That we can't even understand the things that God has given us except by the Spirit. So God breathes by His Spirit and He helps us dream with God. So make sure you're not partnering with those things, but remember you're partnered with the Spirit to help you dream with God. Romans 8.26, in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty, in our vain imaginations, if I can insert that there, our weaknesses. And He comes and takes hold of us and He empowers us in these weaknesses. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray. We don't know what to say. We don't know what to pray. But the Spirit of God teaches us what to ask. The Bible says the Spirit rises up within us to supersede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional size too deep for words. You see, I found before I moved to point two that nowadays, the way technology is, we have a, a dream that's akin to that VHS tape recorder that's all bound up. But now, God supernaturally, it's almost like the digital version where you can just skip a whole chapter. God can take you from brokenness and bring you right into a fresh new chapter in life where you don't have to stay stuck in the past. You can press on. You can move up. You can move forward. Like Paul said, I'm going to forget the things that are behind me and I'm going to press on to the upward call of God. I encourage you, church, don't allow disillusionment and all the things, bad theology, the things that keep you stuck in the tent. Step out of the tent and dream with God and let the Spirit empower you to move forward in tomorrow of God's dreams. Can you say amen? Number two, dream in faith. How many know that God is pleased with faith? You know, and, and sometimes our definition of faith is wackadoo, man. Like our definition of faith is like, I always think of, you know, the, was it the donkey that sings on Shrek at the end of Shrek 1, which is the best Shrek. I don't care what you say. Shrek 1 was the best Shrek. And at the end, they're singing that old song. I don't know who wrote it. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Who remembers that? Come on, who remembers Eddie Murphy's distinct voice? <laughs> I love that, man. I believe, I believe, I believe. And we think faith is this... Like, okay, I believe we're trying to produce faith. I mean, no, it doesn't work like that. The flavor of faith is not your mental works. The flavor of faith is not you being completely free from doubt. Sometimes it's in the doubting that we actually have faith. Because we learn that faith, the flavor of faith, is to rest and to trust in God. Who loves Italian food? Who loves food? All right, sorry. 
I love food. Can you imagine you order a pasta with marinara sauce? And it comes out with like cheese and peanut butter? Pastor, that's nasty. That's the equivalent of what we try to, we try to produce faith as some mental ascent to believe without doubt. That's not the flavor of faith. It's not cheese and peanut butter. The flavor of marinara, it's probably not a good Italian accent, but I don't care, is tomatoes, right? The flavor of faith is to rest and to trust in the Lord. And the story where Abraham is told not to be afraid says that he went into a deep sleep. Matter of fact, he was terrified. A darkness came over him. I found that when we dream in faith, sometimes it's in fragile moments. Sometimes the promises that God gives us are in the moments of brokenness and despair and in darkness. That's when light comes. It's indicative of how the Lord Jesus himself took on flesh and emptied himself and stooped down and went into our darkness and tabernacled. He pitched his tent in the midst of our broken, fallen humanity where we're stuck in darkness. And Abraham, a, a God makes a covenant with Abraham while he's sleeping. I love that. There's something about rest. Even in the midst of times where we feel like it's a reoccurring nightmare of shattered dreams and God says, just let me give you rest so I can bring you into the place where you're resting and trusting in me. There's times I have to be reminded of what the father of faith was told. Father Abraham. He said, don't be afraid, Abraham, or Abram at that point. I'm your shield. You're exceedingly great reward. In Genesis 12, he says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. And you will be a blessing. And then he says, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. But God, I don't even have a kid. How is this going to happen? Don't we feel like that sometimes with our dreams? We feel like, how is it that I'm going to be a blessing to the whole world? And I don't even have a son. Sometimes I feel like with our shattered dreams, we're trying to produce things out of them. It's like, imagine a beautiful vase, this beautiful piece of art, and it breaks and shatters. And it was so precious to us. And then we're sweeping it up and we're thinking, well, if I could just glue it back together piece by piece, and we put all the pieces on a table and we're working so hard and we cut ourselves and, and God's like, let me take care of that. And remember that God can actually take ashes and make them beautiful. Remember that he can... Like the song we're singing, he can catch every tear. And we sow in tears. And we might live in a place where there is a time to mourn over something we feel like has been shattered in our life. But we know that the Lord turns it around. And he can work that and turn it into a blessing. I love the lyrics of one of the songs we sang. There's nothing you keep from us. All I have to do is trust. And they begin to sing it over and over. There's nothing you keep from us. All I have to do is trust. We have to dream in faith. And faith is trusting and resting in Him. See, when you are given a dream by God, God also gives you the faith to see it come into fruition. You, you want to see the promises of God performed. Well, remember 
that God's promises are performed when we rest and trust and enter in that rest to see his promises fulfilled in our life. See, one of the things that I see in this second point here, dreaming in faith, looking at Abraham, is how many know that God changed his name? All throughout the scripture you see this. Abram to Abraham. Abram means what? Exalted father. That's a good name, man. I would have stuck with that one. I'd change my name if I could because Zach means little man who runneth slow. No, that's not what my name means. I'm just kidding. Can you imagine if it did though? (laughs) The other day, we uh, we were on vacation and we're on the stream and my son Josiah, long hair, takes his shirt off. He's running on the stream and there's these rocks. He has a stick and then he put mud here. And I'm like, dude, you are running wet foot. And we gave him like a native name. It was power. He looked like a native guy running just all boss. And... But Abram's name was already good. Why did God change it? Because God had a better idea. God had a better dream. That he wasn't just going to be a good person, a great man, an exalted father. Praise God. But he was going to be a father of many nations. I don't just want to be a great man. I want to leave a legacy to sons and daughters that become mothers and fathers that leave a legacy to sons and daughters from generation to generation. You see, God's dream for you is about legacy. Not just being a great person. You see it also in the life of uh, Saul to Paul. It's amazing. Paul, his name was Saul. And uh, Saul means basically like he answered or answered prayer. Can you imagine having a name that basically means you are the answer to God's prayer? Sometimes we walk around like that. Saul was actually walking around like that. Pride, exalted, lofty. I am the answer to your prayers, praise God. And then God knocked him on his butt on the road to Damascus. Bright light, Jesus appears to him. How many know that says that he was blind? God didn't make him blind. No, the light revealed his true spiritual condition. So if you can't see, maybe there's something in your heart. God's revealing your true spiritual condition. And God changed his identity from being the answer to prayer to Paul, which means small. Wow. Thanks a lot, God. Just a little humble man. Sometimes if you want to move up and forward, you want to be exalted, what do you have to do? You have to humble yourself. If you want to go high, you need to go low. There's a worship leader joke that we used to talk about in Vegas that the key in heaven, like there's different keys you play in that go good with your singing, and, but the key in heaven is B flat because God's called us to B flat. <laughs> there's something about going lower, and sometimes we've got to lay down our Ishmael so God can bring us the Isaac. We have our idea. I want to be an exalted father. I don't just want to be a good pastor that's well known. I want to leave a legacy. I want to be written about in revival history books. I want to leave a legacy of hope. I want to shake the nations for the glory of God. 
I want to impact the world. How many know Abraham being the father of faith? We, by faith, Galatians chapter 3, because we're in Christ, we actually are children of Abraham. So we actually participate in the promise to be a blessing to the nations of the world. How much do the nations of the world need a blessing right now? You are that blessing. So God changes His identity and we have to make sure we're not dreaming from our false identity, vain imaginations. If we want to go high, we need to learn to go low. Faith is a substance of heaven that fills our hearts. Remember when God promises us something, when we dream in faith, He gives us the ability to see it performed. Hebrews 11, before I move on to the final point, Hebrews 11, 1-3, now faith is the substance, say substance, of the things hoped for and the evidence, say evidence, of things not seen. And it goes on, it says, for it, the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. Wow. Faith is substance and evidence. Faith is realization and confidence. Faith, in fact, sees the invisible and touches the intangible. Faith is not blind. One of the reasons I had faith in my heart to see this building finished when we came a year and a half ago is because I saw it finished. And that dream wasn't anything I made up. It was something that God dreamed. And he dreamed with this community many, many years ago, long before I even knew about this church. And we're partnering with God. Therefore, we have the faith to see it come into fruition. Thirdly, we're called to dream in love. Called to dream with God. We're called to dream in faith and dream in love. Proverbs 20.19 in the Passion Translation Where there's no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the Word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. Without vision, the people perish. We need prophetic revelation corporately. We need to see together. We see individually, but we need to see together. God, give us eyes to see. Let our eyes be flooded with light so we can see What is ahead? You know that the video, the short video you saw with the aerial view of the church and the dream I had that actually got us here. Most of you know the story. I'm not going to tell the whole story now, but two years ago, this weekend was actually the weekend I had the dream. And we did not time it like that. That was not our intention. It is not a coincidence that the day we play this video and talk about the dream and and launch the campaign to finish this, it's two years from the weekend that God gave me the dream. There's something about dreaming when you're in love. There's something about fruitfulness that just comes from intimacy. Why did I have the dream on my 20th anniversary, the most romantic experience we had ever had up until that point. And it just keeps getting better and better and better and better. Hallelujah. Mm, Anointed marriage. When Jesus is at the center, it gets better and better. Come on, somebody. You thought we had chemistry pre-marriage and we had to stay away from each other. Try to walk up on us now. Close the door, Sarah. We're kissing. 
Sarah always gets uncomfortable wearing the kitchen. I'm like, come here, give me a kiss. She's like, oh my God, stop. Oh my God, you guys did gross, PDA. I'm like, Sarah, that's how you were, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that chemistry. David's like, yeah, dad, come on somebody. Sarah's like, ooh, gross. Why did I have that dream on our 20 year anniversary when we went to the most romantic place in the world called Sunset Mona Lisa? It was so romantic. I was in this romantic spirit caught up. I even had a Latino accent. It just came out. Hola, mia. Tu eres muy bonita. Quiero estar contigo. Oh, that's probably not appropriate. Okay. Hope you know a little Spanish. There's something about being caught up in love with Jesus, though, where you begin to dream. Dreams that come from heaven. I wasn't expecting this dream. I just wanted a good night's sleep. And I had this wild dream about a church that I'd never seen or never been to. And you bet it's the one I'm standing in right now. And you bet it, this facility right here, it's the one. We have to dream in love. Dreams from God, dreaming in love, it comes from intimacy, love, and rest. And dreams, that's what happens, that's when we see with our eyes closed. You know, you can see with your eyes closed, that's a dream. God sometimes needs us to get to a place of being so caught up in love with Him that we just, we're at peace and at rest, and then we begin to dream. We dream in love. Fearless dreams are born in love-filled hearts. It's time to move forward together as an army of God. Jeremiah 1.12, the Bible says he is watching his word that he might perform it. As if the seeds and the promises that God has spoken in times past, not just for this region, but for this community, are promises from heaven. And he's watching his word. He's looking at the seed on the soil of the hearts of the people of God. And you bet if there is fallow ground, he's saying, break up your fallow ground. Break up the fallow ground of disappointment, discouragement, delusionment. Come on, break up the fallow ground of false identity, dreaming, well, I just want to be an exalted father. I want to be great. No, you are called to leave a legacy and we share a destiny together. Come on, somebody. And there's something about when God looks at the word, he looks at the promise that is on your heart and you receive it and you're, the soil of your heart is just full of love and you're like, Jesus, I'm so in love with you, whatever you call me to do I say yes the hardest decision I've ever made in ministry was after this dream the largest risk I've ever taken I love what Bill Johnson says about saying yes to the Lord we pray crazy prayers here am I send me but just make sure you don't send me here or there it's like we're signing a contract with the Lord Yes, Lord. But then there's some conditions in there. My wife always tells the story how she's like, God, I, I'll do anything for you, but just don't call me to be a missionary to Africa <laughs> or wherever, some foreign country. I will adopt children from all over the world, but I don't want to go, Jesus. How I many know sometimes we say yes to the Lord, but we have all sorts of conditions? And in closing, as we pray, Together, I want you to know when you say yes to the Lord and you dream in love, 
You're signing the bottom of a blank page. Sarah, you know what I'm talking about. When you're worshiping, you're like, Jesus, you're all I want. I want to dream in love. Because God's dreams, the radical crazy ones, where this building over here, the new auditorium has been sitting here for a long time. God says, I'm about ready to fill that up and finish that up. And it happened because of a dream. A dream in the hearts of leaders of many years ago and the hearts of the people of God and the faithfulness over years. Guess what? There's a suddenly moment that's happening. And we get to see it. We get to rejoice. We get to be, maybe we'll do our fall kickoff next year over here. I don't know. Maybe it's going to happen the year after, but it's going to happen soon. And we're moving up and we're moving forward in faith together as the people of God. Can you say amen? Let me pray for you. Lift up your hands to the Lord right now, would you? Father, I thank you for breathing upon us. I thank you that you're calling us to dream with you, to lay aside the shattered dreams and let you take care of that. I thank you that you're calling us to dream in faith, to rest, to trust, to rest, to trust in you. We want to be a people of faith. There's nothing you keep from us. All we have to do is trust. (laughs) In fact, your spirit reveals what's ahead. Because faith is not blind. Faith sees the invisible. Open our eyes to see. Give us prophetic revelation. And may we be a people that dream together, caught up and enamored and in love with Jesus. (laughs) We surrender which is not an act, which is not a work. It's the ceasing of an act. We just say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Send us to move forward together in faith. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Would you seal it with praise? Come on. Hi, Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York. Hope you were blessed by that message And we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to. If you would, just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.